This data shows us that in industries that are typically low wage, like leisure or hospitality or retail food services, those industries are seeing a very high turnover of workers who are choosing right now to go take higher paying jobs because they're finding that they have leverage and opportunities in the job market because of how tight the jobs market is right now. So well, what we were just talking about with Julie Balke and uh, you know, good information. I mean, the, the one thing about that that I continue to worry about, and I've taken a look at this in the internals with the ADP private sector jobs report in particular, we have, in, in the healthy jobs recovery, you'll typically see small companies lead in job growth. You know, typically about two-thirds of all jobs that are added in a recovery come from small companies. Well, we ha- the last time we even had a month where small businesses were out hiring large companies was last May. And it's been super rare during this recovery. What's happened is, all throughout the pandemic, you've had small businesses losing market share large companies, right? I mean, it started with the whole bogus notion of what an essential business is and the people that would define what is and isn't an essential business. Commonly, small businesses weren't essential. Large companies were able to steal market share with government assistance that way, basically, right? And it still persists. It's just natural that in this environment, it's more challenging for most smaller companies to be able to compete with benefits and wages with a lot of larger companies with deeper pockets. So just one of the other dynamics that uh, along with the rising wage, a little bit concerned about. I, I'm hoping that things can settle out once we can get past, hopefully, some Omicron hysteria that continues to wage out there right now. Speaking of which, we know the testing issues. Ah, uh, the testing issues. Hours in lines trying to find them. Of course, yesterday you had Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed trying to make hay out of uh, what were expired COVID tests in the state of Florida. Uh, although we did find out that the FDA had already once granted an extension on the dates for the COVID test through year end. So the only COVID tests that were not FDA approved that had been issued in the state of Florida starting January 1st of this year, that hasn't necessarily been accurately reported. But the other thing, what about what if the COVID tests are just bogus? Yesterday, Florida's Attorney General Ashley Moody put out a consumer alert saying that there are rampant abuses with COVID tests going on right now, predominantly online sales to Floridians. But how do you avoid, if you are trying to go for a COVID test, getting your hands on the wrong one, something that is bogus? Here to talk about this is Justin Simmons. He's the CEO of My Labs Direct, the website, mylabsdirect.com. Justin, how prevalent is uh, the bogus COVID, COVID testing out there? I mean, we, Brian, thanks for having me on, by the way. Um, obviously, you've seen... Uh, quite an uptick here. You know, we're in Dallas, Texas right now, but of uh, these pop-up uh, testing locations, it just seems like they're coming up everywhere. We we ourselves are a certified laboratory um, and we do the testing ourselves. So we've had a number of these organizations or groups, if you want to call them that, come to us and ask if they could put together a testing site and then send the testing to us and maybe take a rip on the on the amount that we make, obviously we turn those away, but we're seeing this like everyday companies or groups of people calling to ask if they can run a testing site. Wow. So, so opportunism is, is everywhere is what you're saying. You got to be super careful. You do. And I, and you know, we, we talk about this a lot. I think that there's some red flags and some things we can do as consumers to protect ourselves in this process. First, when I would say you drive up to a testing site 
a good indicator of uh, what's going on all the way through the continuum of care is how well organized is that testing site. So um, I, I honestly believe if you see people writing stuff down on paper and the wait times are exceeding an hour, it starts to, you should, you know, throw some flags up. The one thing I would recommend people do is request uh, from that testing site uh, information on where is my laboratory sample going to be processed? What lab is processing my test? And there's a number called a CLIA number, C-L-I-A, and that stands for uh, this, um, basic, basically that's a, uh, it's a regulatory authority that works under CMS. So the Clinical Labs Improvement Amendment is the, the regulatory body that ensures quality of, of testing. And so as a lab, we adhere to these specific standards. We have to maintain our CLIA licensure. Um, we're, we're randomly and routinely audited to ensure quality of testing, that our standards of protocol are up to par. So I would really suggest that people do that, know where these tests are going versus a, you know, pop-up smash and grab testing organization that's really sending these tests to the highest bidder who's going to pay them, which there's a lot of issues around that as well. So, Justin, something, uh, that something else that I, I've heard could be a red flag turnaround times. So um, we've, we've heard of some instances, people being told, hey, it could take five to eight days at this point. Uh, and, and I've, you know, been been given the heads up that generally, if you're hearing that, uh, that probably is a flag too. What should be a a typical turnaround time? You know, in my mind, I think you look at it this way: if you go to a, a, a testing site and they tell you that, you know, beyond to my mind, even forty eight to seventy two hours, it, it seems to get outside the realm of what's reasonable because we're trying to determine if we're infected so that we can get on with our daily lives and ensure that we're not infecting those right. around us. So right. to be waiting that long, to my mind, is very irresponsible of the testing site and or a lab that's backfilling a refrigerator uh, with specimens. Our philosophy at My Labs Direct is, look, when we know we're exceeding 48, we'll shut down that testing site. We'll stop taking testing until we can catch back up. But we do kind of plan that so that we know what our capability and our capacity is. So um, sitting in a line that long right out of the gate, I think you, you just move on. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of options, so uh, big concern. The other kind of, I guess, big picture issue, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to frame this because I, I don't mean to to condemn the practice, and obviously it's your business, um, and if people want the test, then, then so be it if they can get them. We know of the testing shortages that have been going on because of, of the rampant demand and everything else. I mean, they... In the grand scheme of people that really need to get tested, for example, we just put out standards in Florida where if you are not susceptible to COVID-19, you know, generally speaking, don't go get tested. If you're a high-risk individual, get tested. How Demographically, what are you seeing? I mean, you've seen a lot of people that probably are not highly susceptible to symptoms, even if they're positive, come through? I, I have. I think that there's a lot of stuff mixing into these testing populations. It's those that need a test to maybe get back to work. Um, and then there's those that have obviously been infected. And, and there could be a number of reasons that they're concerned. You know, I don't want to get a, a loved one sick uh, or someone else. So um, I think people, you know, acting in an abundance of caution is a good thing. But we do see a, a really wide array or mix of different people coming in to test for a, a variety of, of reasons, not just I'm symptomatic, I'm concerned. Um, a lot of it seems to be, you know, uh, employment, requ uh, employee requirements uh, is what we're starting to see. Gotcha. All right. Well, that makes perfect sense. Justin Simmons, mylabsdirect.com, the website. Appreciate it, Justin. Yes, sir. Thank you.
All right, and uh, we'll be back to see what Erica is working on for noon and today's Q&A of the day. Are Florida's record graduation rates a result of lower standards? You're not going to want to miss this. Next, right here, the Brian Mudd Show, News Radio 610 WIOD. 